Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Green Talk podcast, a podcast aiming at making complex climate-related issues understandable for all, provided to you by GreenFact. We'll be releasing a 25-minute discussion with an expert on climate, energy or sustainability topics every two weeks on Thursdays. I'm Leo Robert, Green Power Analyst at GreenFact. If you listen to the first four episodes, you know where I'm from, the country we call the Hexagon. GreenFact is an Oslo-based company and the leading market intelligence provider for guarantees of origin. If you want to know more, visit our website, greenfact.com. Do not hesitate to rate the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. It is a question of our own survival. Make our planet great again. We want crystal clean water. We want to be able to say that we, we did the actions that were, were right, the actions that that were important. So how can we successfully navigate our way into this future world? International tourism demand is expected to grow by 100% by 2050, and its share of emissions in the transport sector to remain around 21%. The need to act is urgent, and Hurtigruten Group, the first cruise operator in the world, has committed to do its share. Hurtigruten fills up their ships not only with goods, but mostly with passengers and tourists from all over the world that wish to experience Norwegian nature and coastline. Therefore, it is more important than ever to decrease the impact of their ships to preserve the destinations Hurtigruten visits and to lower the industry's carbon footprint. We are very pleased to be here today with Hedda Felin, the CEO of Hurtigruten Norway, to discuss Hurtigruten's journey to net zero and what role they play in the energy transition. Welcome, Hedda. Thank you. So, uh, tourism and decarbonization, we'll start with this. Um, my first question will be quite broad. Uh, I would like to ask you how we can match the international tourism demand that is supposed to grow uh, by 100% uh, by 2050 and the climate goals that we've set, uh, um, you know, in, in policy and other developments. Yes, well, that is, uh, that's a huge challenge. I, we have to start with that, both acknowledging that... Uh, uh, travel and tourism has been uh, for a long time an industry that has been polluting very far too much. So first of all, acknowledge that. Uh, I also think acknowledge that a growth of 100% seems uh, very challenging uh, if, with correlation with uh, achieving our goals. So either we have to do things dramatically differently or maybe 100% growth is a bit too much, but uh, maybe that it will not. Uh, that I cannot um, uh, solve. But at least uh, we can start with what can we do with the travel industry and how can we make sure that it is sustainable uh, in the future. So uh, happy to discuss that uh, today. Yeah, and there's always this, um, this this running question of demand, right? Like you've mentioned, this uh, this growth of 100% by 2050 is, is, is quite challenging, quite uh, important. And, uh, you know, some of the new generation, which I'm part of, are saying, but shouldn't we try to decrease uh, international tourism and the demand instead of uh, making it more sustainable? What do you think of this? Uh, I don't think it's an either or. And I think that will probably regulate itself a bit naturally because we, we cannot travel as we have done up to now. Uh, that is not just not uh, possible to reach both the goals. So uh, so we have to do it uh, differently. And that might also uh, be a reduction in some areas. At least I think we should, first of all, I, I have to say that I very much agree with you. Uh, the future of travel and tourism has to be sustainable. If not, there is no future. So I think that those actors that don't take it seriously and don't put this in the as their number one uh, objective, uh, the future is not long. It, this is my personal opinion. Um, uh, and then 
um, then it's about uh, how how big should it be and how many people when you talk about the, the masses, right? And and we have so many beautiful areas in the world that we visit with tourism, but they can't. We cannot over. Uh, we cannot get, put too much pressure on them. So so I think it needs to be regulated. So there's many things we have to do, but one thing is then to regulate. So it's we don't have these massive increases in vulnerable areas. Uh, we have see, we see that uh, all over the world. Uh, we also see it in Norway. Small vulnerable places with uh, with um, for instance massive cruise ships with too many people coming in and and the society is not able to absorb it and that's not uh, sustainable uh, tourism to me we'll, we'll come back to your uh, to your specific uh, commitments and involvements in in different uh, projects especially local communities in, in Norway which is a kind of a huge uh, topic but let's uh, dig in a bit more into um, into the transport and tr- I mean at the border of transport and tourism itself and specifically cruise ships and uh, related to energy matters so the problem problems or problem with cruise ships can be summarized as water and noise pollution right and uh, um, how, how do you view at Hertigot and the way of tackling them what uh, do you how do you prevent this to happen at, uh, at Hertigot mm, well first I think uh, to be uh, to be frank I don't think there are enough requirements to the cruise uh, industry so uh, uh, and I come from uh, energy sector uh, prior to this role uh, and uh, I'm used to very strict standards on you know environment and climate and emissions and then I come into an industry and I see that there are far too little requirements. There are requirements to Hurtigruten because it's a, it's an agreement with the government of Norway. So we will reduce our emissions with 25% and NOx emissions with 80% uh, in the next, uh, within the next few years. Uh, but uh, if you compare to a global cruise industry, there are almost no requirements. And Hurtigruten 15 years ago, we banned heavy oil fuel, uh, for instance, but uh, you see most actors, they still use that. There's no a requirement to what kind of emissions and fuels. There are too little uh, requirements to um, treatment of um, uh, brown water, for instance, and emissions in general. So we have to we can start there. What kind of requirements do we set to the actors in order for them to perform more sustainable? And then there are a lot of other pressure points that I'm also happy to, to cover. But I mean, it's both uh, what do the guests want? We see that there's a massive increase in interest for sustainable travel and that the guests actually want to travel sustainable if they have the choice. So we have to be able to give them the choice. Then we have the regulations from from the different countries uh, that can uh, be put onto these actors. Uh, we can have requirements on how to build new ships in the future, for instance, so that they are more, uh, more sustainable. But also to uh, ripple effects. How do you make sure that tourism is a positive uh, contribution and not a negative? It needs to be a plus. Um, so there are many ways to, to put pressure on tourism industries and the actors. Um, so I've covered some of them. It's also financing, which is, uh, I think, uh, it's a huge topic. But also, if you think, how do you actually make... Uh, one thing is to do the right thing. And some actors want to do the right thing. But it's also, it helps when your customers and consumers want something. Your financing partner gives you better finance if you do it this um, in a green way. And the country uh, you visit have requirements upon you. So there are many things we can do. And I see that, um, I, I see that it's possible. But you you just said that still some actors don't follow this trend. And that Hurtigruten uh, is at the forefront of this um, the carbonization path, but uh, not all actors in transport and tourism uh, uh, industries are doing what's what's to be done. 
Uh, no, and if but if they don't have the if they don't have the requirements, uh, then uh, and uh, then then why should they do it in a way? So I still believe that uh, the the right thing to do both uh, because it's the moral right thing to do and the right thing for a sustainable company is to put ESG and sustainability very high on your agenda. But if you don't feel those pressure points, maybe this uh, evolution will will slow down. So I I think we just need to put all forces in to all these pressure points, and then we can get into the right direction that we are not uh, in the, have not been in the past diving a bit more into um, into ships uh, like I said before Hurtigrut and uh, has signed a partnership with the Sintef Ocean to develop zero emission ships your goal is therefore to sell emission free Hurtigrut ships by 2030 which is quite ambitious I have mm. to say <laughs> from the propulsion uh, system to the ships to the hotel operations mm. how will this be accomplished uh, this um, this target and uh, what proportion pro- Propulsion system, sorry, is planned to be used for these extensive ships. Yes, um, so C zero is our project. So we had to, you know, think. Okay, now you know we've done what is possible with the current fleet. So I have to start there, and I think that's uh, that's um, an encouragement to to everyone that you first have to start with what you have. So we have started with the current fleet and upgrade. Uh, we have it currently upgraded. We have uh, eight ships, so we have to take them one at a time uh, to uh, either be hy- uh, hybridized and get battery packages and a hybrid engine. Uh, and uh, all ships will have um, uh, NOx um, emission reduction systems to reduce the NOx emissions with 80% and a lot of energy efficiency measures with the steering system and the propellers, etc. So first, you know, start with the current fleet and get use the technology available. We cannot just wait until the technology is perfect because then it will take even longer time. And this has given us a massive uh, reduction of uh, CO2 and NOx. So, so that's a good first step. But then we have to think next step and that's where the C0 project comes in. So what is the future, the next generation of Hurtigruten ships? How will they look? And then we decided to set down this partnership with with Sintef, uh, which is a very reputable uh, European research institute, also very independent of all technologies, which was um, very positive, uh, to see how would you actually design a ship from scratch if you were having this as, as the focus area. Because I think previously, if you have designed ships, it's been very much on, you know, how many windows for the suites and, uh, you know, guests, yeah. you know. And now now if you start from scratch, how would it look? So that was the task to Sintef. And uh, so they've done this feasibility study, design it again, weight and height and propulsion system, of course, part of that, uh, design, uh, propellers, uh, everything you can do to reduce emissions first. And I think this is for the green transition in the entire society. We first have to reduce emissions and then we have to think and what kind of technology and energy source would we use to fill the gap, right? Because we can't reduce it to zero. So that's where we are now. So they have identified uh, what should we look at. Uh, And uh, we have a set of partners. Uh, and um, I cannot uh, res- uh, give you all the answers, but I can say that uh, I am happy to share it as soon as it's uh, it's uh, open. Uh, but uh, very interesting ideas around the first uh, energy eff- efficiency measures, and then of course uh, which technology, um, and uh, and that in Norway that has a strong correlation with the infrastructure on uh, on in Norway. So that's why we have to. Uh, 
kind of agree with Norway what kind of infrastructure is available to support uh, supporter ships. But this is hugely exciting and it is ambitious, but uh, I think it's possible. Yeah, but uh, what is ambitious is uh, is usually good. And um, and is this um, like doing this kind of partnerships uh, with Sintef or other independent organizations? Is this your way of ensuring the that uh, that you're doing the right thing in a sense? That is, the initiative comes from Hurtigruten, of course, but the measures that are to be taken by Hurtigruten are not imposed, but given uh, advice. Our advices are given by an um, independent organization. So this you this is your way of going through the right path. Yes, absolutely. And then we can, so it's not, as you say, only our thoughts, but we get expertise from uh, very, uh, both uh, very, the best uh, researchers in uh, in Europe, I I, uh, I think we can say, and uh, and also totally independent. Uh, and uh, and also we want this not to be only valuable for uh, Hurtigruten, but also for an industry. And I think transparency is an important word in this uh, transition that we're all in. And every you know experience that we get, if that can benefit the industry, it has a larger value than only for us. So uh, hopefully this can be uh, valuable for, uh, for uh, the entire maritime sector. I know you cannot disclose the results and I won't ask you to disclose the mm. results of this uh, consultation and, and work from uh, Sintef, but uh, is there any kind of um, commitment uh, from Rotegoten that you're going to uh, implement the, the changes that are, are required by Sintef? Uh, what kind of uh, setting is there? Yeah, so uh, there are different phases in a project like this. So uh, where the feasibility study is done and some recommendations, what we need to look more detailed at, and that's where we are now. And then it's also about funding. So mm. this is where the kind of uh, the the financial pressure points, as I say, you know, if we get, uh, you know, uh, so it's an encouragement and some carrots with being uh, being first runner. That's always uh, uh, that's a very important point actually, because it's always more expensive to go first. And someone needs to be the front runners, and uh, and how who should finance that, right? Um, so um, so that's uh, that's also a phase that we're in uh, at the moment, and then and then of course how will the infrastructure be along the Norwegian coast? We have a, we have a great opportunity because Hurtigruten stops in 34 harbors, so we have a lot of opportunities to go onshore to. Uh, to either charge or get uh, fueled up um, with the with the, the energy source uh, needed, so uh, so that's where we are, and then um, we are fully committed to do this, uh, but. Uh, but the commitment will be face by face, based on uh, you know, based on then the funding and then the design and then the agreement. So it, we will have to take it step by step. But uh, but if all lights are green, you're going to implement what's what is needed to be implemented. Yes. All right. Um, diving into um, another topic that is very important as well: food, uh, because on on cruise ships you serve food. Obviously, everyone knows that. You're currently innovating your food concept. Uh, to be more sustainable, mm-hmm. uh, which is very encouraging, and uh, and having a lower carbon footprint. Uh, therefore, you have stated, Hurtigruten, uh, that you are doing by using food from more local suppliers. Will you reduce the uh, the amount of ele- available food, or have more limited food choices? Or another option would be to stop having a buffet, for example, in in your cruises. What kind of measures do you would are you willing to take to reduce the the footprint that you have that you're having? with regard to food on mm-hmm. the cruise. Yeah, no, food is uh, very, very important and of course a very important part of the 
of the product that we are uh, that we have uh, and again uh, uh, a reminder to uh, to those that listen in it's uh, you know Hurtigruten provides both freight and goods on the Norwegian coast and we have an agreement with the government of Norway to do that also to be available for local passengers of Norway to access the local communities so that's also part of the agreement and then the remaining part is the the, the tru- tourist uh, product so it's a combination of three products uh, with both post freight and uh, local transport and tourism uh, but for everyone food is important and uh, and those that come from the other side of the world to experience Norway and because they know that uh, we are a sustainable way of uh, traveling they are more and more um, intrigued by and fascinated by and curious by uh, the um, the local food First, we can be very proud of the local ingredients and, and produce we have in Norway. It's really top class. Uh, food and shellfish. We produce more and more uh, cheese and ham, herbs. Uh, we have reindeer when you come to the north, for instance, and, and specialties along the coast. So that means it can be almost zero in terms of transportation to port. So we can see the farm that here the cheeses are produced and they get served and you and you can almost see the fresh fish come up and you have it served in the in the evening. So it's uh, for us it's a kinder egg because it's a very low carbon footprint. It creates a lot of local ripple effects because this keeps the Norwegian coast alive. We have uh, almost 250 suppliers working for Hurtigruten on the Norwegian coast. So that positive ripple effect and our guests, they love it and they feel good about it. They learn from Norwegian culture and history and food tradition and they feel good about um, uh, the, the sustainable pa- part of the food. So what we do in, um, as you say, there are many things to reduce food waste, which is a very important part. Uh, and uh, you suggested to remove the buffet, but uh, actually it sometimes can be very optimizing to have a buffet as well oh, yeah. because you can, you know, you can... Um, uh, use some uh, some ingredients both for lunch and for dinner, but in, in different ways, for instance. Uh, so, uh, so, but the reduced food waste is a very important part. So we weigh and we, you know, measure that very, very detailed, uh, and see uh, what, w- w- yeah, all what kind of measures are best to reduce the food waste. So that is uh, an important part, uh, the local part, and also what we see is that. Um, uh, vegetarian food is uh, more uh, trendy. So we offer all the meals, there will always be a vegetarian option. So it's always meat, fish and vegetarian. And and the quality of the vegetarian food is so good, so that's more and more chosen. And uh, if you want to choose green, you can choose that. Um, and also uh, blue ocean food, which is uh, the largest trend with you know more seaweed and uh, really important protein sources from the sea. Um, and also, for instance, um, uh, sea urchins, which is um, uh, an important part of keeping the sea, um, uh, sea um, seaweed farms clean, actually. And I mean, uh, we all know that we have to protect uh, the seaweed farm to keep a healthy ocean. So, uh, so we teach our guests about this, and this is um, more and more uh, both trendy and interesting, and um, and the Kinder Egg again. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, going to uh, customer behavior that you've uh, uh, mentioned quite a lot uh, mm-hmm. so far. Um, how much does this global overall transition affect the cost of your patients? Not only on having very local food and uh, and um, and vegetarian food and and everything, but therefore, that what is the 
yeah, the final cost that the consumer pays for, for the service. What is the willingness to pay from customers here to have a more like, but this goes from uh, more sustainable cruise ships to having more sustainable food and lower carbon footprint. But we all know that this transition has a cost. Mm. Is Are your customers willing to pay that? And what, are, what is their willingness to pay in the end? Mm. There, well, I think uh, many parties need to be uh, joining in to pay the bill. So, um, and then we, should, we shouldn't always think that sustainable is more expensive. But I, I agree with you; it, it comes with a cost, and someone needs to take the bill. We have invested one billion uh, euros in upgrading our fleet, for instance. So it is; uh, it's, it's not for free. Uh, but then we also have some uh, attractive schemes in Norway that you can supply for for green uh, uh, support uh, funds, for instance. So there, the government can pay a part of the bill. The actors need to pay part of the bill. Uh, and then uh, if we give the guests the choice, my experience is that the guests are also willing to uh, pay extra to get both higher quality and sustainable quality. Then, you know, a lot of pre-made food in uh, in mass tourism that is not good for the health or them or uh, the or the climate. So, uh, so we see that. Uh, that's a trend that we see increasing, uh, but I'm I can't talk on behalf of all tourists because we, of course we do see mass tourism is also increasing, and uh, non-sustainable uh, tourism is uh, not decreasing, uh, but we do we do see a clear trend, and uh, I uh, clearly hope that uh, Norway, for instance, can take a very very solid position here that we should be a sustainable tourist destination and then this is what we offer it yes it comes with uh, with uh, with a price and uh, not necessarily that much higher maybe a little bit higher but then you get both high quality and you uh, both feel better yourself and you make uh, you can create positive ripple effects and, and positive uh, climate effects so uh, we see that this is an increasing trend and uh, hopefully it will just continue to increase yeah and um yeah, you just uh, went on to my next question. Mm. Uh, that was about the environmental consciousness and how wise, widespread it is. Like, uh, um, but I'm going to ask you regardless. Uh, like, is the the green element, if we can call it that way, a defining factor or just a bonus of lower importance than 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 the final price? Regarding, you know, when when the customer makes the choice of going to Hultegrut and um, and uh, and not another company, uh, cruise company. Uh, how important is that? Is this for the for the customer itself? Yeah, we we uh, we see that it's important, yeah. and and uh, and we and we will be continue to be just even more and more um, clear about our message. Uh, you know, the Hurtruten uh, vision is to be a catalyst for change towards the greener travel industry, and we want to engage our guests because we want to we want them to come uh, home after they have traveled with us and they have learned something new and they are more concerned about in the environment and climate, they have maybe seen it close and they will engage either through Hurtruten Foundation or through their own uh, you know, awareness and, and take some sustainable uh, actions and choices. So, um, so we definitely see that and I think we can be better at uh, illustrating and giving them the choice. So we are now, for instance, discussing should we have a very a very green, you can be green from A to Z so that you can have, uh, you know, green excursions with electric buses. Uh, you can choose, uh, you know, the green option. You can choose the greenest ship. So, and are you willing to pay more for that? So that's, uh, that's something we are now uh, looking into. How can we make it even more, make the choices clearer for the guests uh, to choose? Yeah, because a lot of... Um a lot of people from the new um, newest generations um, under 30 35 let's say have 
this this is why I asked the question because I think there amongst my friends and people I know that are under 35 there are this yeah defining factor I would say that um, I'm not going to travel and take the plane to Egypt or to uh, uh, Thailand or mm. to other countries because it's going to affect my carbon footprint mm. but uh, if I can have a cruise ship that is uh, hmm. almost net zero, then uh, I would probably go for it, especially if it's in Lofoten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yes. lovely to see. Especially beautiful coastal yes. Norway. No, but we see that too. And we have uh, met a lot of, uh, of part of the kind of the younger uh, target groups, uh, generations, also influencers and journalists. And they say, we would, we would never do... We would never do a traditional cruise, but we would choose you because of this and this. And that gives us confidence that uh, that the coming generation is more concerned about this. And that gives us confidence in the investments we do, that we that we also are a sustainable business model uh, in the future. I mentioned uh, Egypt uh, on purpose because um, last month um, in be- last month uh, in Sharm El Sheikh was the COP27, right? And uh, last year in, in Glasgow, the declaration uh, did set the target for tourism organizations um, to t- to halve their emissions by 2030 and to be net zero by 2050, the latest. Uh, we know all about COP declarations and how non-binding they are, but it's still important. It gives a clear signal to the market and to um, big corporates like Hurte uh, Hurten. So um, do you think it's feasible for the cruise sector or the tourism sector in general to achieve these targets? Do they seem realistic enough for you? Uh, I think it's possible. It is ambitious. And uh, if we see uh, some of the actions that we now take uh, in Norway and on, in, on the coastal, uh, coastal Express, we see that is possible. But if I look at the entire industry, I think, uh, I think the entire industry has a way to go, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, but then again, uh, we should not give up and we have to start with what we have. Um, we see that um, I was part of a, a sustainable travel summit uh, last week in, in London. It was the second time that I, they held a sustainable travel summit. So I think, okay, we're, it's, we're getting yeah, there. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, so uh, so I, I clearly believe that this is the way to go. We as an industry, uh, we're not there yet. And, uh, and the maritime industry that I'm also representing are even further behind. So I think... Uh, I think um, yeah, I think we have to start with, uh, with ambitious targets and uh, and then you know discuss how to get there. And uh, there are a lot of possibilities. Technologies also develop fast, and that's what we see in in the project we have with uh, with um, making a zero emission ship. Is that uh, technology is evolving? So the technology we have today could not do it, but by 2030. Uh, for instance, battery packages would be smaller and lighter, etc. So uh, we also have a, a positive push there with uh, technology development. Yeah, in the end, it's always a combination of uh, different factors, right? The, the, the politics the, give the direction and then the industry needs to move towards uh, towards there uh, in hand-in-hand uh, uh, hand with the new technologies and innovation and as well the customers mm. uh, can drive this, this change towards a more sustainable path mm. uh, with the... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of factors. Um, let us move on to the, the last part of uh, this discussion on Hurtigruten uh, uh, involvement in uh, different projects. You've mentioned um, C zero, for example. Uh, very interesting. I'd like to come back on this. The C zero project. Is there um, any interest, let's say, from uh, leading industry players to participate in the project, other than Hurtigruten, mm-hmm. of course? And uh, what are the next milestones for this project? If you can 
probably just come back on the project itself first. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, uh, the project itself, uh, we are uh, we are now discussing uh, funding, so that's why I cannot uh, say too much. But that's the next phase. Of course. And then we can then we can uh, then we can uh, develop and evolve uh, further in the project. So I'm a very positive uh, first uh, couple of phases with both the feasibility study, the the um, the next step of uh, diving into the areas that uh, Sintef recommended us to focus on. Partners, yes, and I will. That brings me to partners because uh, we are overwhelmed with the interest from partners, and that is also very encouraging. So, in you know, when we're talking about it's not fast enough and it's uh, uh, some the negative part, we have to say that there are also a lot of uh, a lot of positives. Uh, many very solid technology partners that want to be part part here uh, wants to find it super exciting to. Um, to, uh, to, to look to zero and believe that their contribution can can help and uh, collaboration is key uh, and if uh, these different partners we have uh, now a set of partners uh, that are available on our website um, C0 um, uh, on under Hurtiruten website mm-hmm. uh, so uh, so that's uh, very encouraging and they are, are also committed with us to uh, to take this forward so uh, so for us, this is uh, an area where Norway can be, you know, we are a leading uh, shipping and, uh, and maritime uh, nation. And now can we, can we really be a green, leading green uh, maritime nation? Hopefully this can contribute uh, in that uh, direction. Yeah, I hope to. Uh, and it's um, definitely a project I will follow in the weeks and months to come. I'm happy mm. to uh, to see the outcome of this. Um, there is also another area more um, specific to Hurtigruten where you, you work more on, on project funding, which is the your foundation, foundation sorry, Hurtigruten Foundation. Is there any specific strategy on where you enter in the projects that you found, how you select them, how um, people, organizations, whether they are profitable or non-profitable, can um, can submit their projects. Can you explain a bit yeah. more what the purpose sure. of the foundation is? Yes. So this is a global for the entire Hurtigruten group. You know, I, I represent uh, Hurtigruten Norway and yes. what we do in Norway, but uh, but uh, on behalf of Hurtigruten group, we are uh, uh, in both uh, Canada and Alaska and Antarctica and Galapagos and many beautiful and vulnerable places. And this was, uh, the idea was, you know, how do we, uh, how do we engage our guests in the communities that we visit and how can we make sure that we have a positive uh, plus effect on the communities and not a negative one. So Hurtruten uh, Foundation has been uh, really revitalizing the last few uh, years uh, in a very positive manner. Uh, and we have open um, an open process where people can... Uh, submit their suggestions for what kind of project we should support. Uh, We want to support projects that are close to where we are or what we do. There are so many good projects in the world, but we need to think uh, how can we, uh, how can they support areas that we actually um, uh, either visit or uh, have partnerships in that we want to see extra positive effect from. So we, we try to find that link. There can be quite different in terms of nature. So uh, so it's just to come in with uh, open suggestions. Uh, in Norway, we have um, uh, supported um, infrastructure projects in how to um, 
how to climb the stairs on North Cape, for instance, because we visit North Cape a lot and it's a very attractive tourist destination. So how can we give back? So it's a way of how can we give back to these communities? It can be um, uh, children associations in Greenland or uh, specific um, animal um, protecting schemes in Galapagos, for instance. So that's just to give you a, a, an idea of the variety. So we're very open and every year a different project will be selected. But again, we want it to be a positive contribution to where we are and in the industry that we're in. Well, that's uh, that's really interesting. Mm. And uh, you heard uh, Hedda, if you have the chance to live in the Galapagos and want to have a positive impact on this uh, on this beautiful place, mm. um, you can uh, register your project on the Article mm. 10 Foundation. Mm. Um, Hedda, thank you so much uh, for this very very interesting discussion. Wonderful insights. I'm sure our our guests to see a bit clearer where where we're heading towards uh, with this. Uh, with this industry. Um, if you haven't done it already, make sure to subscribe to The Green Talk on uh, whichever platform you're listening it to. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, of course, give us a rating. And uh, should you have any questions, remark, or suggestion of topic of our guest, write me at greentalk at greenfact.com. You can also follow Green Fact on LinkedIn if you want more insights about energy certificate markets. See you in two weeks. Ciao. <laughs>